Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. That hits the spot. Today is Tuesday, July 2nd. Fine summer morning. We'll go out front here today because Jackson's hunting something over here. Try to keep an eye on him. kind of over by the fountain. I'm not sure what he's up to here. Let's go investigate. Oh, he's thinking about getting birds. Jackson, you're not going to get those birds. <laughs> he thinks he's going to get this. The finch saw him on the fountain and then went over to a nearby shrub and is watching him. He thinks he's going to get it. Uh, that's part of cat ownership, right? You have to try to keep them off of the Local wildlife as much as possible. You're not going to get that bird. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because he does sometimes. He actually caught one of the coil once, which was an impressive feat. Uh, sit myself here where I can see him. And yet, be comfortably in the shade in this dappled sunlight. Far away enough from the crow fountain that you guys don't have to listen to the clack clacking the whole time. <laughs> ah. So I'm a little bit behind this morning. I had a little I had kind of a restless night for a weird reason. I'm not really sure why, but um at one in the morning I was dead asleep and a coyote howled right outside our bedroom window and i hear the coyotes call all the time sometimes they wake up and i smile and i go back to sleep um you know sometimes david wakes up too and we'll be like oh the coyotes are busy tonight and we go back to sleep but um this was i i think i haven't talked to david he was gone when i woke up but i think it was just so loud and right outside our window but I just snapped from dead sleep and sat bolt upright in bed, um, you know, with a whole adrenaline rush. And and David, you know, put his hand on my arm and he said, it's just a coyote. It's okay. It's just a coyote. And I was like, wow, I had no idea why that scared me so much. And he said, well, it was really loud. Um, <laughs> it was funny because then I was just... Um, you know, it kind of soured my gut a little bit, getting the adrenaline rush, and I got up a couple times and then slept a little long. It must have, like, triggered some atavistic prey instinct in me or something because, boy, my uh, sleeping mind sure jerked me out of sleep ready to run. <laughs> run from that coyote, run. There, otherwise not at all dangerous i mean that coyote didn't pose any threat to me but sure did trigger something in me so that was funny <clears throat> i'm gonna go to the uh doctor today I'm going to go see my new physician for the first time so i'm looking forward to seeing how that goes hopefully my blood pressure won't be all falsely high <laughs> from the <that> coyote <laughs> incident i should be calm by then right
Although I still feel a little bit of that. I mean, that adrenaline really affects your system, doesn't it? Jackie Cat, you're coming this way now. You're going in. So, um, treadmill tech guy came yesterday and put the new belt on my treadmill for me. And he told me, he confirmed my suspicion about their ready replacement of the belt. I mean, not just that was under warranty. It's funny because he said he thought that they were just troubleshooting, that they were just going down the list. But when he told me that some of the manufacturers had been making those belts out of Kevlar lately, instead of with the cotton backing, and it was causing a problem with the lubrication, that really rang a bell. Because he said the Kevlar just squishes all of the lubricant out to the sides. It doesn't absorb it like the cotton backing does. So, and I think that's what's what was happening. It was heating up. He he um, poked at me because inside the engine compartment there was you know accumulation of like cat hair and dust. It gets up in there, and he said, "Oh, you should probably vacuum this out like you know regularly." And I said, "Well, you know, I do." And this is my third walking desk you know my third treadmill for the walking desk and it does accumulate in there i mean it it's ridiculous how it accumulates it's amazing to me you know i run our roomba for an hour every day and every day there is a bin full of dusting and hair to empty out i just don't even understand where it all comes from and it's amazing to think about what what it was like before i had the roomba and you know like vacuumed every two weeks so anyway, I figure it's a fact of life that this stuff accumulates in there. And I said, well, I do clean it out regularly. And, you know, I've only had this for three months. So it's, you know, <laughs> I, I hadn't done it yet. And he said, well, you should probably do it at least once a month. He said, because that's probably what was heating up this motor. And I was thinking, no, because I've let it go. It's been way worse than that. Things you don't tell your treadmill technician. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, no. It's. I've had way more cat hair in there than that. <laughs> I don't even know if it's cat hair. You know, it's sort of like that it transforms itself. I think that's why dust bunny is such an apt expression. It, like, becomes the hair of the dust bunny creature. Something totally other than what it started out as. A combination of human hair and cat hair and, I don't know, stuff from outside and plant matter and who knows what. So, anyway... I think that this belt's going to solve the problem. But I did make myself a reminder to vacuum out the motor compartment on the first of the month. It'll just be good maintenance. Shouldn't be too hard to do. <sighs> you know, a, woman's, a woman's work is never done. Maintenance of a treadmill. Um, I, I saw this morning... <laughs> I think it's funny how I went my way through news. My mom was commenting the other day that they don't like to read the news online, that they still like to get the paper newspaper because they're old. And I said, well, you know, I don't like to read the news online either. It's I sort of become aware of news through things like Twitter, which isn't good because it's always like what people are really upset about. Or through my... Well, I must have a pretty cursory following of my pup media icons 
I do follow Ed Sheeran on Instagram because he posts song clips and fun pictures of concerts. So I happened to notice this morning on uh, Ed Sheeran post that he had thousands of comments, which is not completely unusual, but a little bit outstanding. And the top comment was um, castigating him for not standing up for Taylor Swift. And you guys know I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. I don't know that I'd call myself a Swifty because certainly I didn't know that this was going on. But apparently her, uh, the head of Big Machine Records, who she's been with until last year, just sold the company to, was acquired by, sold themselves out to um, Braun, Scott, Scooter Braun, Scott Braun. Anyway, he's affiliated with Kanye West. And, you know, it's, it's all of this um, sort of celebrity music circling that I don't know tons about. But um, Braun is, has a reputation for being a manipulator. And, you know, the people standing up for Braun are people like Kanye West and Justin Bieber. So you kind of give that the side eye. But anyway, Taylor Swift's very upset because now this guy, Braun, who has never liked her and has done a number of things to, um, questionable things to her and her career. What are you doing? You've just been a pain. He was meowing at the window, but now he ran away when I came in to get him. <coughs> so... Now Braun owns the masters of her first seven, seven albums, which means he controls all the permissions for those songs. Every song after the master is considered to be a copy, and you need to permission to use it. <laughs> if only it worked that way in books. So apparently Taylor posted a, a screed about, you know, sort of trying it in the court of public opinion, and musicians are kind of coming out on one side or the other and Braun is Justin Bieber's manager and Kanye West's manager and so they're all like oh yeah Taylor's just being an hysterical female and apparently Ed Sheeran has not weighed in one way or the other but he's besties with Justin Bieber as well as with Taylor Swift so people were really laying into him for not coming out in support of Taylor on his Instagram feed and he had replied saying I'm talking to her on the phone like like we always do and I'm sure he's just really hoping to stay neutral because that would be a dicey position to be in and I was just thinking about it and comparing it to like the writing world because we have some comparisons you know like when the publisher has your rights and trying to get them back and you know, but also these sort of alliances between creatives. And it's it's not easy when you have, you know, you're friends with people who are sort of aligning out on different sides of, a, of an industry fence that way. So I kind of feel for Ed Sheeran because he no doubt wants to not piss off either Bieber or Swift. And probably not the record companies. I don't know which record company he's with. Maybe he's with a UK one. Or maybe there's no such distinction anymore. 
but I don't think he's going to be able to stay neutral. Uh, and I don't envy him that. But then I was also counting my blessings that we don't have nearly those kinds of stakes in the publishing world. Uh, certainly not the vast public eye in the same way. Uh, the peop number of people who listen to music is so vastly greater than the number of people who read books, which makes sense. You know, it's very easy to listen to songs. You don't have to go to much effort to listen to songs. Like you, you know, you need to put effort into reading a book. So, you know, sometimes it's easy to be envious of the kinds of money that the top musicians make as opposed to the kinds of money the top writers make. Um, and there's a bigger pool of top musicians than top writers, I think. It would be interesting to do a side-by-side -side comparison. But I've always thought that I'm glad that I'm a writer instead of a musician because my art doesn't depend upon me, especially in the early days. My art doesn't depend upon me playing in smoky bars you know at least I can if you're a writer you can do that you know by yourself in the environment you choose and you don't have to be constantly putting yourself on display sure you know like composing and songwriting they can do uh, in the quiet of their homes but in order to transmit their art they have to do that publicly you have to put it out there in some way I suppose there is a model that's comparable to the hermit writer model where you you know record your record and then never talk to anybody but I don't think that really works you know so so much of their life is on stage and arguably they like that but I don't know you know some of Ed Sheeran's music lately the song beautiful people and um and eraser you know, where he says, you know, famous hell. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think that's an easy life to lead. And the people involved are really toxic, you know, really involved in getting themselves, you know, famous and looked at. You know, the attention, you know, the attention economy is, uh, it's just a really difficult one for people to extract themselves through, you know, and keep sort of keep yourself whole. So I thought that that was interesting. And then the final thing I promised to talk about was a little bit more about marketing and promo. I touched on that yesterday about author do's and don'ts. I was looking at that letter again because I was talking with a few friends of mine about it. And that was even not for, I thought it was for romantic fantasy, and I don't know where I read that. I think it was implied in a chain of words, and I admittedly read fast. I'm a really terrible s skimmer. Um, I'm having some allergies here. But it was for a contemporary romance. And boy, did I see stuff for it everywhere yesterday. But I shared the letter with Grace. And she said that uh, she recognized the verbiage as being from a, a publicity company that they had, you know, that this author gave them her list of emails, don't, and then 
they put together this letter. I think she's right. Grace has a good eye for that kind of thing. Oh, and speaking of, I put this on Facebook, but just to reach the folks listening here, uh, I will be at San Diego Comic-Con. If you listen regularly, you know that. And Grace is going to be my guest. I got a free guest pass. So she's going to fly in and hang out with me. And we are going to uh, have a few days of girl time. It's going to be awesome. She will not be there in an official capacity. However, when she announced yesterday that she was going to be there with me, there was such a flurry of my two favorite authors in the same place at once, but I don't have a past at Comic-Con. Can we see you some other time? Which is wonderful. We That's, you know, really gratifying. So we have set up that the Friday night of Comic-Con um, on July 19th, I have the panel that goes from 6 to 7. After the panel, we are going to go over to the Marriott Marquis, which is right next door to the convention center. And they have a very large pool bar outside. And we're going to go over there. We'll be there by 8, maybe a little bit earlier, but you know, I don't know how long it'll take us to extract ourselves from the panel and get over there. And we are going to be there until 10 uh, when the pool bar closes. Yeah, there he is in the window crying again. No, I'm not coming to get you this time. So, and we're going to sit there. Um, if people get there early, maybe some folks will, and they'll stake out a space for us. Otherwise, we'll just take our chances. Um, but we will just sit there, and we will sign books or sign swag. We're both traveling light, so we're not going to have a lot of, we're not going to bring stuff with us. But if you want us to sign books that you have, we're happy to do that. Um, if you want us to sign other things, we're happy to do that. I once signed a pair of panties. That was amusing. So they were clean, unused. Um, so that that will be fun. So then what I was going to say about marketing versus promo. And I just learned this at a panel that I was on at Nebula Conference. Someone else was explaining it. I hadn't put, heard it put this way, but I thought it was a really helpful way to think of it. They said that marketing is what you do before you have a product. Marketing is when you go out and you research the market and you figure out what do people want that they don't already have. And then you design your product to fit the market. Promotion is when you promote the product that you already have. So most writers are going to be dealing with promotion. There are certainly a subset of self-published writers who go the marketing route. And those are the people who scour the Amazon top 100s and they look to see what's selling best and they whip out a book on that theme and attempt to cash in on that trend. It's sort of like the the day trading <laughs> version of being a writer. I, I, As you can tell, I don't really care for it. I don't really look on writing as a way to cash in on the market. Uh, I probably could write fast enough to do that, maybe, but it feels like it would be soul-killing. But there are people who do this, and a lot of them are people who are marketers who were looking for a product to sell, and they settled on books as a way to do it. And that's where a whole lot of this Kindle Unlimited stuff has come from. <laughs> Um, 
you know, they looked at the market, figured out what readers who were, you know, getting free books through Kindle Unlimited wanted to look at, and they designed a product to fit that market. Otherwise, you're really looking at promotion. And then I talked about that a lot yesterday about cross-promotion and things like that. Uh, Grace said something, because we were chatting a lot the last couple of days, you know, she said something about, you know, that whiff of desperation. You know, Chuck, I know it can be difficult and exasperating and frustrating, and you feel like other people have figured out something that you haven't. But, you know, try not to get frantic about the promotion. Try not to get desperate to sell books because it will only lead to your unhappiness and it's it, it sours what you present to the world, unfortunately. It's not that I don't sympathize. It can be difficult. But, you know, really you do have to find that calm center and keep reviewing why are you doing this? Why are you writing books? Are you in this to... You know, the equivalent of going to the big parties so that you can be near the celebrities. You know, is that what you want? Or are you doing it to create the thing? And with that, I shall go create my thing. I hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday. Um, I might podcast on Thursday morning. I might not. I think we're taking the day off for 4th of July in the U.S., Independence Day. So... If I don't talk to you, I hope you all have a great holiday here in the U.S. And I will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye.